I'm Nick Filardi. I'm Jason Thielbar. Welcome to the world's second finest podcast. Welcome to the True Read Pile. We take a break for the Bat Books and we read anything else that we have in our pile, uh, whether it's comics, books, movies, television, whatever. We talk about anything that's that we're interested in, anything we're enjoying. If people want to see art with this conversation, youtube.com slash Nick Phil. Jason, what are you interested in? What are you enjoying? I'll bring I'll bring the first one as uh, and I'm now wondering if I had ever brought it before, because this is kind of a um, a, a phone in because of recent injuries, even though I, I have another. Well, it'll be explained. But the first one is uh, Broken City. It's a, another Batman book. Oh, uh, yeah. The Rizzo one, right? Yeah. By uh, Eduardo Rizzo and Brian Azzarello. It's it's just it's just so good. It's the main plot is Batman is searching for someone who he thinks hired someone to murder his sister and in searching for him uh, a, a boy's parents get killed in front of him much in the same way as Batman's did and uh-huh. it's just kind of like it, it sends it on a whole thing and I don't want to give away too much but suffice it to sure. say um, it, Brian Azzarello and Eduardo Rizzo are just such a great great team um you know 100 bullets is just like i think yeah, one of the best for 100 bullets well and it's just one of the best comic books of like the last 20 years i think like by far did you um, did you read all of 100 bullets oh yeah a couple times yeah really yeah i i, I, I got yeah. super into it but never finished it was it a satisfying ending uh it was it it was because for the story, I think it was pretty right. It's just that yeah. like Azarello and Rizzo are such a great like like Azarello's characters are so uh it, you just get attached even to the shittiest people, even to like the yeah. biggest villains. And um and uh Rizzo's art is God, I c- <laughs> I could go on yeah. forever of how oh, much beautiful. I love Eduardo Rizzo's art. And between that and the way he draws the characters and how they all have their own distinct look and just these ultra expressive faces and bodies. So like, yeah, it did, it did end really well, but like, man, they really made you feel for some characters that you probably should have known, like maybe aren't going to get their happy ending. Like the, <laughs> you know, like, sure. Uh, but but yeah, but as a whole, it's just, it's, mm, it's it's just so good. And Broken City, I think, um, is something that uh, I I, lo- I love it when publishers do this when they just say, okay, you big name artist and writer, I know you wouldn't usually do a superhero book, but how about we give you, you know, this little bit, and you do what you want, yeah, and you're in and you're out. You don't have to be here forever. Yeah. You know, and it, it's, it, uh, DC has been doing this. I've oh, been yeah. doing this kind of a lot lately with uh human target, Catwoman, lonely city. They've been doing uh, the uh, bad day one shots lately. 
Um, hmm. Where like it's like Riddler, one bad day, uh, yeah. Two Face, one bad day, stuff like that. Where it's like showcases a villain, but it's also like a one shot where like different writer and artist, like prestige format kind of thing. I think a big like slipcase just came out of like all the one bad day stuff. I heard mixed things. Some of them are better than others. Yeah. But yeah. 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 I should check those out. I love those. Um, I love those kinds of things. Um, yeah. And, and so there's Broken City. And then because you'd already brought it to the two read, but I, 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 I had always meant to read it because I adore Kate Beaton, but I, I finally read Ducks and it oh, absolutely man. destroyed me, like just absolutely like flattened me in how uh it's up for enignats right now oh god well and in and i and i and i knew that and thank you for reminding me because i was going to say in spirit and i will this is a forever recommendation read crazy cat oh my god yeah read crazy cat get a hold of crazy cat any way you can you can probably find super old like used collections you can buy the beautiful reprints that fanographics has been doing for years i was going to say fanographics put some stuff out that's really good Yep. Yep. Read, read crazy cat forever to read recommendation. Um, uh, but yeah, but ducks is just, and, and Kate Beaton is such a master cartoonist. Uh, I'll say that I'm pretty sure I said it when you brought ducks up, but like something that like her art reminds me of a lot are, uh, some of like the best, like New Yorker cartoonists, you know, of just like how, you know, and it's just every time, just these simple, like these simple seeming little faces that hold so much expression, you know, mm-hmm. and that can convey so much. And especially the, and as heavy as ducks can be, that freaking sense of humor is still there. And there are still some just oh, like yeah. hilarious it's, parts. Did you feel for anyone who hasn't read ducks? Um, Cause I, uh, this was one of our early two reads. So if you're not well versed in the podcast, Ducks is about, um, it's autobiographical. Kate Beaton uh, grew up in uh, a place that's a have-not province. That's how she describes it, of Canada. Not a lot of money, not a lot of opportunity. And in order to pay off her student loans, she does two years in the oil sands, which is hard work, basically mining oil out of the ground um, in this unforgiving place that where you basically just work and sleep and that's it basically um and she's like one of 50 she's one female for every 50 males in the in the camp so it's like a really kind of like sketchy situation there's not a lot of safety there's this like depression through the book that like is pervasive in the camp and it's about like her just trying to like save enough money to pay off her student loans so that she can like live her the rest of her life. And it's also kind of about her realizing that this place is changing her and what that means for her. Yeah. Yeah. And and how and how different it it makes everybody, you know, like, yeah. like what not the, just like, her, everybody. Yeah, yeah. And we were talking about before the show, but I spent about seven years working uh, in a paper mill and like 
And there used to be a joke that like I had nothing but mill stories, which is kind of true because like that was my life. I was going to I was going to say that because like when you were when you were like, I'm going to talk about the paper mill. I'm like, fucking mill stories. Here we go again. Because I've known you forever. I know you all through that that seven years. And it was a lot of mill stories. Well, because it was your life and like and it wasn't nearly as much as like it was it's definitely like kind of like a wide parallel because, you know, I got to go home to a house and to, you know, still be around my family and I wasn't so isolated, but I did work through most of it. uh, Well, all of it, a rotating shift and through a lot of the rotating shift, there was like essentially because you're changing shifts every week, you don't see anybody for a month until you hit your long weekend, which is four days off in a row. Yeah. Even though you have a few days off in between, but it's like, so like, that's why there were, I had so many mill stories because I didn't freaking do anything else. Cause like I would get get home and I would just be exhausted. And I'm like, I have to go to work tomorrow anyway. And, and like the environment is so like dangerous and like working and sweating and tempers and like, all these, you just get stuck in this world and just everything else outside falls away. And there's just yeah. that world, that like, that tunnel vision, you know? Um, yeah. But, uh, there's a moment in Ducks where the mom sends uh, some Christmas stuff to Kate to like try to to brighten her day. It's around the holidays. And she just like does not even have time to unpack it. Like yeah. it's a, it's a tree that's like, ha, like tipped over on the floor with like a box of ornaments next to it. And like, she's like, yeah, great. Thanks. And it's like this disconnect from like family and friends who want the best for you. And you're trapped in like this, like work hellscape to try to make your life better as it erodes away the like softest parts of you kind of thing. So like, you know, like one of the reasons why uh, I got trapped in working at the mill for so long was that it was decent money. And as someone who barely graduated high school, was always a poor student and barely ever tried the few times I went to community college, like, it was like, oh, this is a way that I, this is the only way I can make money by right. working you can get a, the, you can afford a car payment like stuff like that yeah, yeah i can i can afford to actually save stuff you know yeah. and save some money even though i didn't do a lot of that but like the older characters in the book bring up a lot of like oh well like these young kids have everything now you know yeah and it's like well but no because because of capitalism you are not only sacrificing your body and your health and the environment of the planet you live on. So you yeah. can have, so your children can have a somewhat materially easy life, but you are not there. You're a stranger to them. Yeah. And that yeah. causes, so you're sacrificing that whole other part. So it's not right. just all this time, like, you know, like the, the, you're giving up way more than what you're actually getting back and what you give up can't be gotten back. And sadly, what you're getting is kind of, it's not even kind of, it's what you need, 
You know, yeah. she's, it's like she says in the book, it's like her pursuing a career in the arts wouldn't be possible if she had student loans. Like she could figure out a way right. to be a poor cartoonist if she didn't have the student loans. Right, right. You know, so I'm going to sacrifice so much of myself yeah. for the opportunity to be poor, but not the, destitute. <laughs> it's just, one of the things that I really like about Ducks is that it touches on all these things about capitalism and debt and not in like a preachy way. She's never like, capitalism's bad. Like, instead, she's just like, here is my experience with capitalism. And here are the people that I'm that are surrounding me in this situation so that my story is not necessarily unique. Like everyone is is like getting rolled over under the like the boot of capitalism, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like I have I have a lot of friends and, you know, well, and you have a brother who works at for Electric Boat. You know, they yeah. work for a defense contractor. And like right. most of my friends who work there are like, yeah, man, war's bad. I don't like, you know, right. making yeah. like death machines, but like I live in southeastern Connecticut and I need I a either, fucking job. Yeah, yeah, I need a job. And it's like either I have this degree in this and they're offering me a well paying job, or I'm pretty good at welding, or I went to the welding school and right. they're the better paying job of especially young so, I, so I'm gonna go here and I don't I don't begrudge so I'm gonna make some war machines yeah like I don't begrudge anyone of that because it's a bit more yeah that's another great aspect of ducks is that there's you know it's a bit more complicated than than just everybody stop you know what I mean like I yeah. think that that's like I think that sometimes that's like a really childish view whenever anyone talks about like environmental issues and so like oh well what are we just gonna suddenly stop making plastic tomorrow and it's like well, no, like we probably sh should think about it more seriously than we do, but right. no, because like, that's not like, we're all so intertwined. Everything's so intertwined. Right. Like there's, you know, it's, it's, it's this society that we live in and it, it it's like, you know, we're edging into the meme of like, we live in a society, but it's like, yeah, yeah. it's like, oh, so you hate capitalism, but you choose to participate in it. Interesting. It's like, yeah, these things are like thrust on us as individuals and we need to make our way as best we can through them. And like Kate, you know, participated in drilling oil out of the ground in a place that was probably beautiful before it was like getting oil ripped out of the ground and it's yeah. like these ducks were covered in oil and it made the news but like the guy who had a heart attack in a crane but instead of falling on the controls and killing people potentially he fell out of the crane while he had his heart attack and died and that did not make the news because like that's the thing that we're all experiencing over and over again and the ducks are the unique thing that happened within the book and yeah. it's like a wild paradox there's um there's one thing that really really stuck with me when i read ducks which was she gets in the in, in a truck with a guy and uh she's talking about how her 
when she was when she was in her province, I think Nova Scotia. Is that right? I can't yeah, remember. She, she she's she comes from, from like a, a town called Cape Brenton. I think there you in go. Nova Scotia. I think it might be its own separate small island, but like all yeah, all yeah. those. Yeah, so yeah. it's like it's a fishing village, and um and by the way, credit to to Charlotte Finn who wrote a great article on ducks that I actually read just recently because I knew that you were going to bring ducks in and I'm like, <laughs> I need a refresher. But there is a moment that she pointed out in the article and I'll link the article in the show notes if you want to read it. Um, I do actually. That, yeah. uh, that I, that like I ha- it's, it's been rattling in my brain ever since I read it. And it's when this guy's in the truck and she's like, she comes from this fishing Island that like nobody fishes anymore because they like, basically out like overfished the population they got really great boats capitalism came in they got really great boats they overfished it now there's no fishermen and so it's a fishing village with no fish and so that's why she has to be in the oil sands and a lot of other people who she grew up with like goes to the oil sands and she gets in this truck and she realizes that the guy is from the place that she's from and she's like did you used to be a fisherman and he's like I still am a fisherman. I'm just here now. And yeah. I, like that shit breaks my heart, Jason. Cause it's yeah. like, it speaks to this, this volume of people who have a passion for something and, and, yeah. a, and a love for something and a heritage of something. And they are getting run the fuck over by capitalism. Yeah. Well, and and to be proud of something too. Like I never right. like I never thought about it this way until um the office job I had for a bit. Uh one of my uh coworkers, uh Murph, who's uh living in Portland now. Murph is a really good guy. Um, but he was just like getting fed up and kinda on his way out and like, you know, the company we worked for did shit for retail stores essentially. I won't get into that bullshit. But like, you know, he's like, man, he's like, he's like every, he's like everything we do here is he's like, I know it's an easy job. It doesn't pay well, but it's easy. But he's like, it's just all bullshit. And like, you know, I tell him stories about the mill or something like that or where I learned Mm -hmm. thing, or, you know, and he's like, at least when you were working in the paper mill, you could like, you were making a thing that people used, you know, and like, and other people have brought it up before too, that like, it's also not such a simple, all right, UBI is great. I support anything like a ubi everyone you know what what's a ubi uh universal basic income you oh know? yeah or I, like, dude what, i think i think a lot entails. about universal basic income yeah. i think a lot about it yeah but but the thing is and other people have pointed this out too that like even if you got like even if you somehow got let's say walmart to pay every employee 70 dollars an hour right it's still sure. psychologically do a lot for a lot of guys or a lot of people who used to be like, I used to be able to work in a factory and we made tires here. We made Fords. My dad made a thing that made right. this thing. And you could say, you know, that you made that, that like you, that you did something like useful, you know, you, or right. you're at least a part of it. Even if you're like in an office, like doing like, you know, the, the, the books and accounting, you're like, Hey, but like we're we're widget incorporated and like everybody yeah. needs a widget. Like 
Right. You know, and there's, there's just really something to, um, yeah, you're right. That's such a great scene because there, there is some things like that define people, you know, because exactly because it's, it's your, my, my dad was that way a lot and I'm looking at his machinist toolbox. I'm sorry, this is running way, way long. No, 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 Um, no. Go ahead. But we I broke looking these at things it, into two podcasts. You can go. You can go long, man. Go for it. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm looking at his machinist toolbox, uh, and which he still has in the middle of it is a there's a a, a special compartment for a, a, a book that has a bunch of uh, trig formulas in it because you oh, know nice yeah had to have to use that a lot, um, and of course it's like all stained with oil and you know yeah, yeah. from from like thirty years of being a machinist, but um, he would, uh, he'd light up whenever I'd ask him to explain anything, but like, especially like stuff that he had very detailed knowledge of. And he was very proud yeah. though of himself as he should have been for learning this skill and supporting his family, you know, sure. like from it and, and from making these parts that made these other parts go, like he could be, I'm, you know, he's like, I'm integral to, to this part. That is a yeah. part of a, uh, a hydraulic that goes on an airplane. Like I'm integral to making sure yeah. airplanes land safely, you know, and there's some, there's a lot of that kind of pride that can yeah. carry you when you feeling that you're doing something useful with your time every day. Yeah. <laughs> instead yeah, yeah. of, instead of, oh, I'm in the oil sands away from my family. Right. This is just for money, but if I'm a fisherman, you know. Anecdotally, sometimes I feel that way when I book a lot of superhero stuff because Mm. superhero stuff, like I did um, uh, uh, a few years ago, I was in like heavy rotation into DC and I was doing, um, I did like a Wonder Woman annual that I was really proud of. And it was like self-contained story, but it like dovetailed into like other Wonder Woman stuff, whatever. But I was very proud of that annual. And then it came out, got some reviews, got some praise, and then it was gone. And it was like, and since it was like integral into the Wonder Woman world, like the world moved on. So it's like, nobody's going to pick up the annual anymore. Like, unless they're reading, like, a run of Wonder Woman, like we are for the pod, like, you know, like, that, that issue is, like, here and gone. And it'll get collected in a trade, and that trade will be here and gone. And it was, like, this extremely temporary speed of comics, mainstream comics, where mm. it's, like, we're building soap operas with fighting and, and you know, stuff like that with superpowers and sci-fi. But it's soap operas, you know, like rarely do people go back and they're gonna they're like i'm gonna read 10 years of wonder woman like they just pick up the wonder woman that's out now you know and so it felt really demoralizing to me when i when i was just doing superhero work because it was like it was like everything i do is like temporary and granted this was also like during lockdown, I was starting to feel these things and it's oh, like I yeah. was isolated anyway. I wasn't going to cons like cons really helped put fuel in the fire. But like when I did blink, I was like, finally, something to to like cut my teeth into 
high concept, something weird, and something that I can sell to anyone who hasn't read it yet. It's just a story. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it yeah, like, yeah. will yeah. endure past me, you know? Whereas like the Wonder Woman annual is kind of temporary, you know? Yeah. Though I would have a slight counter argument to that that I'm going to steal from one of my favorite books ever. I, have, I actually haven't read it in a long time, but I've read it like three times at least. Uh, but The Amazing Adventures of Cavalier and Clay by Michael Shabon. Oh, is yeah. About- I haven't read that in a long time. It's such a beautiful, another permanent to read. It's just such a beautiful love letter to comic books. And it's a great story in its own right, too, about other things. But it is very much a love letter to comic books. I don't read a ton of novels. And uh, I I went out of my way to read that one. It was incredible. Yeah, it's so well done. And one of the characters in it is uh, thinking about how, um, because it's, a uh, part in the book where they're detailing the run up to uh, seduction of the innocent and like and all of mm-hmm. that and like decrying comic books as decaying moral character and that kind of shit. Um, but he's thinking about how like someone's saying like, "Oh, well, it's just cheap escapism," and he's like, "Well, he thinks to himself, well, what's so wrong about that?" He's like, "People have." rough lives what's so bad about going into a movie theater and just like escaping your shitty life for a minute like who cares yeah. doesn't like you know it's like no, that I, that is I, that I is, that is so valuable you know and like sure it's it not going to be like it's not maybe going to be like you know um it, featured in like the in memoriam and the oscars reel or something but it, sure I, I just my feeling and I don't want to like discourage mainstream work because I love doing mainstream work. I love comics. Oh, yeah. I love Batman, you know, like, yeah. it, you know. Oh, and the I main just, pod, we talked about how we loved the uh, the spellbinder, like goofy craziness. Like, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, 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 yeah. Batman's great. And, and yeah. I love doing mainstream books. I just can't only do mainstream books like there's there's a level of. I don't know, it it's. I enjoy it, but there's a level of like trying to hold on to air with it. Like I can't go to a con and sell the Wonder Woman annual from like three annuals ago. Like it yeah. just won't move. Nobody's nobody's going to buy it, but I can go yeah. and sell Blink because like the, the thing is, is that like it feels like when I work on something like Blink that it will endure Whereas yeah. the Wonder Woman annual will have diminishing, will be like really great up front and then have diminishing returns kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like you're always, you're always happy to see at, on like a little buffet table thing, a box of Entenmann's cookies. Entenmann's cookies are the shit. They're the, but you're like, <laughs> you're like, those are going to be some good cookies right there. Hell yeah. I love Entenmann's. Okay. But what is a little bit better is when you're like, Oh fuck! Is that a plate of cookies from the local bakery? Oh hell yeah! Oh yeah, right. hell yeah. yeah! Like you're not turning yeah. your nose up at the Entenmanns. Like you know Entenmanns. You know why yeah, Entenmanns yeah, yeah. is in every store. That's some good shit right there. But you're like, Jason, mm, are you doing are you mm. doing low key product placement? Have you are you in the pocket of, of Big Cookie? I mean, I might be. I I, I, I would had love a to be in the pocket of Big Cookie. That's why I'm asking. Yeah, I I, I had a toffee cookie this this afternoon for lunch. Anyway, let's talk about ducks. Okay, let's get let's circle back a little bit. 
Well, I think I, I kind of think we we sort of touched on uh, everything for ducks. That, well, that, that the only I, thing I wanted to say was uh, I also really like that moment in the cab with in the truck with the guy saying that he's still a fisherman. He's just here now. Oh, yeah. In, yeah. in the oil sands because capitalism came and scooped up every single fish that it possibly could. And now capitalism's here in the oil sands, pulling oil out of the sands. And that's a finite resource. And they're going to grind all the oil out of the sands as, as much as possible until that's gone. And then it's like, okay, now what? And it, it paints this picture of this moving machine of capitalism that will like go from one resource to the next resource to the next resource with reckless abandon. And I just, I wish that we wouldn't do that. <laughs> I wish that humanity would just like, I, you know, like, I don't know what the, like you said, I don't know what the solution is because we live in a society, but at the same time, it's like, I wish we just took better care and we didn't, we didn't necessarily get fueled by greed, but yeah, we're also human beings and we're fallible. Yeah, it is what it is. Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah, it's a uh, it's not something that. How to put it, the when you look back on history, on how things change and how we morphed from feudalism into capitalism, at least in the West, um, and then how that spread throughout the world. Um, mm -hmm. We look at it at, as history and it seems linear, you know, yeah. but it's yeah. like the people at the time didn't really know what earth shattering things were actually happening because it's hard right. to know that because you sometimes like people in the well, you future, can't see the future. You don't know. You don't know the echoes down the road of like the action that you're taking. Yeah. Well, even even yourself, even yourself in the future is a stranger cognitively is a stranger to yourself. You don't think about yeah. yourself in the future the way you think about a, a, a person standing next to you. You, you just you just yeah. do not do it. You know, it's the same. Um, and I, I and I will die on this hill. Uh, economics is not a real science. It has never been a real science. It, never, it will never be <laughs> a real science. If you're an economist and you consider yourself a scientist, you're lying to yourself. Anything <laughs> based on essentially what they call the rational actor theory, I might be getting the exact name wrong, is bullshit because there's a lot of economic thought and theory that is based around humans making the most rational, logical decision, which never happens. Which never happens. Yes, that's you the know, problem is that yeah. we cannot like see past our own noses to like yeah. the rest of the world and like yeah. figure it out logically. Yeah. Because some, someone explained it to me once how, uh, or, or I, I read once that GDP gross domestic product is just, you know, it's a way to measure a country's economy, right? Just like how big it is, like how sure. much it produces generally. Right. But it's not actually a great way to really measure much of anything because you can clear cut an entire forest and your GDP will go up because you, you've just clear cut more trees and you're selling it. Now you have less forest and that might not actually be a good thing. And that might also actually hurt your GDP 
pretty soon because suddenly you might have to end up paying for like sudden rock slides or other catastrophes caused right, by right. clear cutting this forest, you know? So like it, yeah, it just, it, 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 it eats itself, you know, like. So, so what we're saying is read ducks. If you, if you want to, if you want to feel just like a dull, constant sadness, you should read some ducks. But also, if you want to see, honest to God, I think one of the best living uh, cartoonists, you know, read ducks. Wow. Because High praise. I, I honestly, I've, I've, I've thought that since like Hark a Vagrant, seriously. Like, yeah. It just like, there's just Hark, something. Hark a Vagrant, by the way, also a Kate Beaton book. Um, it's comic strips lampooning uh, historical figures. It's a lot more fun. If you just want a light read, Hark a yeah. Vagrant, right there alongside ducks. <laughs> yeah, she also has some great children's books. Um, and she also has a children's TV show on Apple TV Plus called Princess and Pinecone. Oh, Pine she Cone. does? Yeah. Nice. W- which features, it, it's in ducks where she's drawing something and someone's like, what are you drawing there? And she's like, oh, a pony. And it's a little fat pony. And, yeah. and they're like, that's a weird looking pony. <laughs> it's kind of what like pinecone ends up looking like and she's drawn those ponies before it's great that's rad yeah yeah i i can't say enough good things about kate beaton you're yeah. uh, thank you for bringing it to the pod again oh, yeah. it's it's worth jason did i did you just audit me was this I an audit? audit yeah this is an audit got my email damn. ready you know audit you like a like a scientologist damn beatons you want to know what i've been reading Yes, I do. Uh, first of all, read some read some more Sandman. It got better than the the yellow face arc that I suffered through. <laughs> it was a arc about a guy who was uh, hands in a lot of pies as like an evil entrepreneur. Again, anti capitalism, but he's also running a like. Uh, bare knuckle boxing fight club style thing in his basement. Hell yeah. Hell and yeah. Like, there you go. Uh, Sandman gets kind of, kind of hip to that, but then finds that he's also dealing like Coke and stuff and he's got goons. And one of them is a uh, very large person who uh, I think is uh, on the spectrum in some capacity or something nonverbal kind of thing going on where they're like taking advantage of their strength and stuff that and so like they're beating the hell out of the Sandman and uh, just a lot of fun. Uh, very good. They handled it very well. Like everything, everything regarding, you know, this giant person. Um, yeah. Uh, really great. Made me want to read more Sandman uh, as opposed to the previous arc. Just wanted to make a note of that. You should read Sandman mystery theater. But the main thing that I read, was Spy Family. This oh. is a manga. There's nine volumes out. I read all nine volumes because I ate the thing up. Um, it's by uh, Tatsuya Edo. He won the uh, Japanese Cartoonist Association Award in 2000, uh, 2023. He was awarded 500,000 yen for it uh, with the award. And uh, 
it sounds like a lot, but then I Googled it and it's like three and a half thousand dollars. <laughs> but but it's still nice. It's still nice. Eisner, step up. Cash money. The statue's yeah. nice. Cash money. Yeah, even just a little bit. And and a Ignats bit. and Ignats never change. You're the greatest trophy of any award ever. They're, oh yeah, the foam brick, right? Yeah. Yeah, just Ignatz never change. Ignatz, you're cool. Uh, Spy Family also got an anime adaptation, so you may know it from that. Um, I I looked to see like where it was streaming. It's on Crunchyroll, <clears throat> of course, because it's anime. Um, however, a Disney Plus link came up, and apparently it's on Disney Plus in Japan. And I was like, well, I got a VPN. Let's, let's <laughs> I got a I got a working Disney account. Let's uh, switch over to Tokyo and see and start watching. And I thought I was being a genius, but you know what? You, you know what stuff is on the Disney app in Tokyo? Stuff huh. in Japanese. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, let me tell you about what Spy, Spy Family is about. So Spy Family is about two countries, vaguely European. Um, one is uh, Wastalis. And the other one is Astenia and uh, Lloyd Forger is a it's not his real name. He goes by Twilight. Uh, he is a spy and he is like the best spy. And they these two countries are in a um, they're peaceful with each other, but it's high tension. It's it's like anything could set off war at any time. Yeah. And it's the cold. It's cold war. Yeah. And yeah. And so these countries and they already went through a war and they don't want to go through war again. And Lloyd Forger is tasked as a spy to get close to this target. Then the target never pops out. Barely ever. The only way the target ever pops out is when he goes to this prestigious prep school. So Lloyd Forger has to put together a family and then get the get the uh son or daughter into the prep school so that he can get close to the target now he's a master spy right so he puts together the lloyd forger alias and he's like shit i got i I need a kid right so he goes to like the most rundown orphanage he possibly can because he's like they're not going to ask for paperwork here you know (laughs) like i could just pick up a kid he goes in and the guy he's he's like He's like, let me let me get a kid. And the guy's like, I don't know, I'll pick one out. <laughs> like, whatever. <laughs> Just grab one. Yeah. And so he gets Anya Forger, who is uh, a formidable child, Jason. She is uh has been experimented on by the government and then dumped into this orphanage. She can read minds. So she knows that he is a spy, right? But she doesn't say anything. Because she's desperate for a family, right? So, like, Lloyd is thinking all these spy things, and then she'll be like shocked. She's also loves spies. She watches a spy cartoon. She loves it. So she's like in the mix. She's here for it, you know. And like, she'll use her abilities, and she's hiding her abilities from Lloyd. Yeah. So, but she'll like hear bad guys, and she'll be like, "Oh shit, bad guys!" And she. There's a thing in in books with children where it's like, is the kid going to be annoying? And Anya, the way she's written, 
She's never annoying. She's always like this naive, precocious, super dramatic child. She's like at that age where it's like, she's not annoying. She's just very fun to be around. Yeah. And so Lloyd Forger is then like, well, if we're going to be a respectable family to send my child to this uh, extremely prestigious school, I need a wife as well. So he bumps into this girl and he's like, I, I, I forgot how he explains it, but he's basically like, I need a wife. She coincidentally is in her 30s and she is starting to attract attention because she is she is not married and she's in her 30s and in the culture like it's it's kind of a weird thing you know yeah and she doesn't want to attract attention because she's an assassin so so she's like yeah absolutely i'll get married to you no problem let's do this thing so the whole family has all these ulterior motives like he is a spy the daughter is a telepath and the wife is an assassin and they are all keeping these things from each other and they're all also trying to keep up the appearance of a great family and like cohesive this sounds like a phenomenal screwball comedy so okay so I, i i'm setting it up that way because when i was reading about this book online i was like oh man this sounds great it's gonna be actiony they're gonna be pitted against each other at some point, you know, like Probably some hijinks like, jokes, some like really, really over, <laughs> over the top stuff. But what happens is it's more of like a sitcom than anything else. It's kind of just like antics. Like you meet all these secondary characters, like, um, Twilight has uh, Lloyd Forger's Twilight, the spy. He gets, uh, grouped with another spy who's in love with him because he's the best spy and he's she's like i want to replace your your is the wife um i want to replace your as as uh uh the wife because i'm in love with twilight and then they get roped into um this like un- secret underground deathmatch tennis that they have to compete in. But since they're spies, they're really good at it. Jason, it's all fucking antics. It's all so good. Um, your is meanwhile like assassinating targets. And they both have what they think is, and this is like the overarching thing, is like they have to do this job because they want to maintain peace. Because your and Lloyd have both experienced war and they or have been touched by it. And in like a harmful way, and they don't want to go to backslide back into it. So Lloyd is like, I need to recover intelligence in order to keep us from falling back into war. And your is like, I need to murder these targets so that we don't fall back into war. And and Lloyd is um, a Westalian, I guess that's how you say it, living in Ostania and your is Ostanian. And she is assassinating Westalian targets. And yours brother, who is dodes on her, also is part of a secret police. And he's keeping that from her that are tasked with tracking down spies. Jason, it's so good. <laughs> it's so damn good. 
I I I love I love everything about this. I, I've, yeah, I'm, I, I I've been actually looking at uh, the last time I was at Sarge's at uh, our my local comic book shop, our local comic book shop. I didn't find I didn't actually buy anything. Didn't find anything new or anything yeah. that jumped out that I liked. But I perused over into the uh, to the manga section, like looking for a couple of things that they didn't have. So you know. But maybe because uh, I know Spy Family is pretty popular, so maybe I'll, I'll look for yeah. that next time. To because I've been because I've been meaning to like I'm like I've been kind of slacking on my on my um, manga recently, and and the more didn't frequency you, um, you bring it up. Didn't you say you were going to join the Viz app? It's got to be up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I didn't. I wasn't sure if they were. Uh, yeah, it's Viz. Um, the other thing that I'll, I'll say about it is. I was waiting for a long time <clears throat> through the arc, through the nine volumes that I read to really showcase your as the assassin. It ends like the last couple of volumes are kind of centric around your and it's very, very good. Um, I don't want to give anything away. I'm sorry that I spoiled the deathmatch tennis, but it's just so damn good. There's a there's a bunch of other antics. They eventually get a dog named Bond that has been experimented on and can see the future, but he can't tell anyone because he's a fucking dog. But like Anya can read his thoughts sometimes. So she might get like a glimpse of something that the dog is worried about. It's insane, Jason. Oh, it's so good. Like like uh, <laughs> like like Ayn and like Ayn and Edward. I, uh, oh, from a uh, Bebop? From, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, Edward, yeah. yeah. Kind of. Like yeah, like everyone thinks Ed's just like being Ed and crazy. And like she's yeah, the only yeah. one that knows that that Ayn's actually like, you know, right, a super right. powerful being. Yeah, the data dog. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great. Uh, Man, the, yeah. the, the deathmatch tennis, that reminded me too of like, um, I should start rewatching it again, but the, uh, after Bebop, the creator uh, made a uh, Samurai Champloo, you know? Oh, man, and, so good, dude. And one of my favorite episodes of Samurai Champloo is the baseball episode. And because I love the mm -hmm. disclaimer before every, the beginning of every episode of like, guys, this isn't like a history anime, okay? So like, don't give a shit. If something is a yeah, period, is we're, we're going to do baseball. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's... <laughs> At the end of every volume, um, Tatsuya uh, will leave a comment at the end the back. And mm -hmm. sometimes it's just like, like I'm reading the one for nine right now. And it's he just wrote, I bought one of those robot vacuum cleaners so I wouldn't have to spend so much time cleaning. But an entire month has passed and I haven't found the energy to take it out of the box. And then, <laughs> that's it. Um, but one one of them, one of the little anecdotes that he that he put was uh, <clears throat> that he imagines the world as like 60s Europe. And so sometimes he's like, I'm not sure if this tech is available in this like this world that I created. But then he's yeah. like, fuck it. It's a fantasy world. I'm just going to do whatever I want. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, why not? Yeah. So he's well, like, I put the tech in the world, even though maybe it quote unquote shouldn't belong. So, yeah. well, well, just yeah. like Bat Batman the animated series, right? Like, exactly. It's like like vaguely it's future, the forties and fifties, but it's but. vaguely the yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh -huh. It's it's uh, 
a lot of antics and hijinks and it feels more like a sitcom than it does an action book but there is action in it um i can't recommend it enough yeah it's, it's really fantastic. great man I, I mean i thought you had me at like because i immediately thought cold war when you said uh fictional european countries you know yeah. and i'm like oh okay this guy wants like a cold war spy story i'm like that's all, these, like, like I, I love that shit i eat that shit up there's all these like uh mini uh stories that he puts together too that are at the end of like every um not every uh volume but most of the volumes where it'll be like just a self-contained small short story there was like one where he had to take he his handler told him that a terrorist cell is smuggling in a uh I think it was like a, a bomb or a chemical or something in a penguin that's at the <laughs> zoo and that like the the terrorists were going to pose as like zookeepers and snag the penguin and then like get out of there. But there's like a hundred penguins. Right. And so Anya's like trying to read the minds of penguins to like find which one because she she's hip to what Lloyd's doing. But like Lloyd's like, no, we're a normal family going to the going to the uh, aquarium. And then he'll be like, uh, got to go. I have to go to the bathroom. And then he'll like change into being an employee and he will browse the books of all the penguins. And so he'll know because he's a super spy, recognize every single penguin by name. So he knows he's familiarized himself with a hundred different penguins by their unique markings. And then he's in there trying to find the one, the fucking bomb in them. And Anya's watching the whole thing. Cause she's like hip to what's going on. And yours is like, man, he's taking a really long time in the bathroom. It's just like, Jason, it's insane. It's the book is bonkers. It's so much fun. I can't wait nice. to check out the anime. Yeah, that sounds great. That sounds like such a hilarious good time. Yeah, it's um a real yin and yang situation with Spy X family and uh, ducks here. Well, you know, I I think it, I think it worked out perfectly with bringing up uh Spy family and uh, after uh, ducks after the yeah the, yeah the, the, yeah we, the degradation we of, antics yeah the the degre the degradation of uh extraction capitalism and what it does to all of us and the planet <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah let's talk about some some fake european countries and a and a cold war <laughs> and some some wacky antics yeah, yeah. exploding yeah. penguins and mind reading children there's a there's an element to it that is like unique in manga that i wish would show up more in regular comics i feel like Kyle Starks does this occasionally where characters are like exaggerated versions of themselves. Like the schoolmaster who is judging all the intake students that they have to impress to get Anya into the school is obsessed with elegance and like they'll do something and he'll have like a glimmer in his eye and he'll be like, it's so elegant. You know, like, <laughs> we're like, it's just super dramatic and fun. I don't know. I, yeah. I I'm going to stop trying to sell everybody on this. Cause uh, I think that you're either going to pick it up based on my recommendation now or, or not, but yeah, I very much enjoyed it. Fuck yeah. And uh, I think it's uh, more of it's going to come out. It's on break right now. Nine volumes are out, but 10's coming in October. 
I'm going to add it to uh, my pull list. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think I'm going to yeah. get the at least the Viz online description after we're done recording. And we can find yeah, out yeah, yeah. The, we can find out how much I read. On, Man, on the, if you if you hop on the Viz app, Spy X Family or Spy Family is what it's called. There's an X in it, but it's just yeah. called Spy Family. Um, uh, Chainsaw Man, uh, Dan to Dan. Yep. Um, oh, I'm uh, definitely gonna. And then I also read some Kaiju Number Eight, which was a neat concept. Kind of failed to grab me, but definitely check out the first trade and see if see if it jumps out at you. Yeah, hell yeah, and I'm definitely gonna uh, read all of because I only had the first four volumes when I was a kid of uh, Rumna One Half. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I also go back to I'm that. Warming up, I'm warming up to read some Dragon Ball. A little I kinda, bit. I, I kind of want to too. I, I, yeah, I, I, heard... I, I always Dragon Ball is such like a, a odd property because it feels like it was everywhere in the '90s. And it was everything I didn't want in the 90s. It was yeah. like a lot of yelling, but nothing happening. It was it was very anime. Um, and I, at the time, I was like. This looks too goofy, like I was like, ironically, I was like, this looks too goofy. I'm going to read some Todd McFarlane instead. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, I'm going to read some serious yeah. books. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm a serious uh, adult. I'm a serious adult. Um, give me, give me some spawn. Yeah, I feel like I've because of um, Dragon Quest, I've kind of like warmed up to. Um, I forgot Toriyama. I've warmed up to Toriyama in general, and then I picked up. Uh, he did a hardcover called Manga Theater that I brought to the to read pile, and I loved it. And I loved the way he drew cars. And I love oh, the yeah. way he drew like weird people yeah. and stuff. And it was just like a lot of odd choices. And I was like, this is actually kind of fucking great. And I'm like, maybe I don't want the anime Dragon Ball. Maybe I just want the books. Yeah, I, I've, I had the in recent years, I still haven't gotten around to reading Dragon Ball yet. But like, yeah, in recent years, I had the same experience when I started like seeing more and more of his art because like, yeah, I, I only really knew of the anime. And of course I knew like, most animes it starts off as as a manga but yeah like um you know and i saw his art like just i'm like oh yeah no no this is this is just got chops yeah. like it's it's I, so good and it's so yeah. unique i will admit though i did like it did fly over my head well i mean i guess i didn't because like i never knew much about it but it is endlessly hilarious to me that there's an entire race of people in dragon ball that are just named after vegetables I didn't know that. I know I know basically nothing about Dragon Ball except for yelling and he's over 9000. That's all I know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But they they put out um 3 in 1 volumes that are like phone book sized mm. that are priced pretty cheap that I I think I'm going to try to get into. Part of the reason why I'm reading a lot of manga is because it reads fast. It's a yeah. lot different than what I'm used to reading and like every volume of spy family is like under $10. So it's like, you know, they're like seven bucks a pop in some cases on like Amazon. Um, so I would just like, I'd get a few and then I'd get hooked and then I just buy the run, you know, cause yeah, I'm just yeah. like, yeah, inject it in my veins, put it oh, in my eyeballs. Totally. Totally. Yeah. 
Okay. Well, uh, we should we should wrap this thing up so that oh, yeah. my cough can get better and then you you can heal. <laughs> hopefully, 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 hopefully. You know I'm Jason, gonna, I'm I'm gonna read I'm gonna read some Spy Family. I'm gonna hope that that heals me. Yes, it will. It, well, will it? I don't. Mm. This isn't an ivermectin situation. Anyway, the point is, Jason. How do people get in touch with you? They can still get in touch with. I'm still calling it Twitter. It's Twitter on the Twitter machine. At, you're not. You're not you know, posting some X's. No, God, the dumbest <laughs> goddamn thing. I will say, but before I before I give the final preamble, it's en- endlessly hilarious to me that Elon is such a dipshit that he made Zuckerberg <laughs> look like a cool guy for the oh only my God, time it's so fucking in weird, that dude. man's entire life. Mark Zuckerberg had more, has more money than God and has never been cool his entire life. And he grew up with a shitload of money too. And he has still never been a cool kid. And Elon Musk is such a freaking idiot that he, that made, he made him look cool. Yeah. Yeah. For a brief moment. Wow. But they can reach me there at King of Black Acid, and also us at World Second Finest. That's World Second with the number two. And Nick is at Nick Phil. Basically um, everywhere. everywhere. Uh, on linktree.com slash Nick Phil. You can find all my links there. I actually just set up a blue sky, but I haven't posted mm-hmm. anything up there yet. I don't know if that's going to be the Twitter killer, but I'm ready. Yeah. I've parked the account. I've browsed over there a little bit more often. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I don't know. Part of me is like, maybe just no social media. Maybe I'm a over 40 year old man who just wants to be done. But then I'll see something that'll like pull me back in. And I'm like, maybe social media is good. Yeah. Yeah. There's always, there's always that. You know, just keep, keep it off your phone. At least I, I I try to keep it off my phone. Yes. Yes. that, that's exactly. my trick. Keep it off the phone. Yeah. Um, best way to get in touch with me is not through social media, but to join the Discord yes. where we hang out and talk comics. Uh, we've been chatting a lot about comics in general. Um, and I have also been posting about uh, fixing Sega Saturns and how much of a nightmare it's been for me. So if you want that content, <laughs> it's up there on the Discord. Get on Come that join content. us. Get it. Get on that content. I'm a content machine, Jason. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.